0: Hey, how's it going? This is Atlantic Pushcraft Adventures. Today we are talking about saws versus knives, or uh, saws versus axes, and this is episode two hundred and three. Normally, Robert does the intro. He asked me to do it just to throw me off, I think, but that's
1: okay. <laughs> Kinda. I like to put you on the spot, keep you on your toes, see what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like to see the reaction sometimes.
0: <laughs> I keep thinking of the first time you left me alone. I'm like. <laughs> 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 Anyways, today, yeah, we're going to talk about axes and saws. Uh, There's a few other things I'm sure we're going to bring up, but the the reality is this is a debate you hear a lot, and I've had this conversation a few times in the last couple of weeks with people, and I know we've briefly talked about this in the past, but we checked, and despite both our best thoughts, this was not an actual bold topic that we've covered.
1: No, Uh, and... When you first mentioned it, I was like, yeah, it'd be a great topic, but I'm like, I know we've talked about that. And I went through, and funny enough, I was doing, um, I archived all our episodes, so I got to go through and see what every single episode title was in the description, and we never actually done a title on this. So, here it is. (laughs) Did not ask, but you will (laughs) receive. But it is actually a pretty good debate, in all honesty, and I mean... (laughs) It is a debate, but the truth is, I mean, if you want to get right to the nitty-gritty, they both have pros and cons. They have, both have uses and things they're great at, not so good at. And it's... There's a lot to it. <laughs> to, to me, they're the same tool
0: in... Look at it as they're a wood processing tool. And at that level, they are the same. But outside of that, they both process wood in such a totally different manner that they're not really interchangeable, but sometimes people treat them like they are. And, and the, why this even becomes a debate sometimes is whether you're trying to go as light as possible, what, what you're doing, and safety. And, and the first time I heard this argument is, oh, an ax is very unsafe. I only take a saw, it's a much safer tool. And I can see that argument, I can concede that you can get very greatly injured with an axe. But honestly, I have also hurt myself with a saw. So really, anything with sharp edges has its
1: risks. (laughs) That's why we're not allowed sharp objects. But no, you're totally right. And like most tools, as long as you take your precautions and do things right, you mediate the risks significantly, regardless of what the tool is. And that's inclusive to an axe as well.
0: And... And in the end what what is any tool's real job is to make a task easier and or doable and so i think we need to break it down into the different functions of what what these tools do and the very first thing i think of with any wood processing tool is felling of trees so if you're going to knock a tree down which is the better of the two tools and i'm going to argue and I, and I think you could easily counter argue. And this one i'm going to give you the easy counter argument. I'm going to argue that an axe is better for felling trees.
1: I can't say no to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. I can't say that it is or it isn't. I know depending on the size of the tree, I would agree with you. Sometimes to a certain size, axe is yeah. way quicker. Tiny bit more effort, but the time you save uh outweighs it. You know what I mean? Once you get yeah. to a certain size, you know it what? It's everything. a tricky question because you can notch better with an axe, but you can't come through with the back cut. You know what I mean? But you can do both with a saw, so it's almost kind of unfair.
0: <laughs> but take a buck saw, for instance, or even a uh, like the silky type saws, you know, the hand one hold There's a limit on how much you can cut with a saw. It has to be a, smaller than the length of the blade, essentially. You cannot cut a one-foot diameter tree with a saw much less than 18-inch blade length. It's almost impossible. You you can work way around the edge and stuff and really fiddle with it, maybe get it done, but honestly, you're going to work like a dog. Now, I can cut a two-foot tree with an axe. It's going to take some time and some effort. And here's the other thing. If I'm cutting with a saw and I don't cut right, there's a high likelihood my saw is going to get jammed and that will lock. And I know this because I have reliably been able to figure out the point where I can jam my (laughs) saw because it happens.
1: No, (laughs) no, it's a prime point. Like the big drawback of a saw is as you get bigger, the potential if you're not even jamming, binding. Binding it up, yeah. And then what do you do? You get an axe to get your side. (laughs) Yeah. Right? No, it's totally true. And what came to mind the second when you asked the question is, And I thought you were going to go the other way. I'm not going to lie. Even professional loggers, for the most part, will carry a crew axe with wedges. You know what I mean? And that's with a chainsaw. An axe still has a ton of uses around felling trees.
0: You're right. If you're falling large trees with a chainsaw, and that's sort of the exception, a 16-inch bar on a chainsaw can go through pretty well a 32-inch tree. There, there is an advantage there, but you do need felling wedges, and you got to drive those in to keep that, that opening open. Otherwise, your chainsaw gets into a certain point, and you might as well leave it there. You can just take the bar off and go away with the rest, of it. but the bar stay in there, and most of your chain is too. Forget it; it's gone. Oh yeah, I've, I've shammed them in there, and we've had to get another chainsaw to get my chainsaw.
1: Not we- very often, <laughs> you know. Small story, I'll keep it brief. It's just it, very applicable to this. When I was learning to fell trees, back when I started doing forestry and stuff like that, I got to the point where I carried a second saw. It would be smaller, but its primary function would be to cut my other saw loose when I inevitably got it stuck. And I mean, I'm yeah. not this didn't continue on for ages, but for when I was learning, it became a real thing. I just got a second saw and it kept me from you know damaging the first saw and tiring myself out it was just easier and that's why i and thought you're gonna go the other way with it <laughs> i have used a come along
0: to pull a tree back so i can get the saw.
1: yeah oh yeah right. i've done everything you can think of trying to get saws back at some point
0: so the other weekend i was out camping with a buddy of mine and and he mentioned he had never fell a tree with an axe and he'd usually use the saw, and he He kind of made the comment that he was under the impression that the the saw was the superior thing for knocking down trees. And I pointed out there's a big dead tree a a ways away. And I pointed out, I said, you could not knock that down with the saw I have here. And I had two saws. I had two Agua cannons. I had the uh, 21 and the 15 inch. And the tree was probably about 18 inches across. And I said, neither one, maybe it was a little bit more than 18, neither one is going to make it through that tree. We could go down and try, but you're going to get so far, and you're only going to be able to move the saw like a centimeter. And and at that point, you're losing any efficiency the saw has. You need long strokes for a saw to work well. And it was dead. It was well dead. Don't get me wrong. So we went down, and I gave him a small hatchet. And he was only at it for five, ten minutes. Ten at the absolute moment. I I have a video. And uh, the, the funny thing is... He looked like he was getting tired, and I actually said, Can I help? And I took three more swings, and the tree fell down. And honestly, he did all the work.
1: So, I, I do have a have question, get... Ben. Are we talking small or yes. small? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no. Like, hatchet or a little bit bigger. The, I think the Condor I have, mm. some people listening may have actually owned this thing because we.
1: Oh, is that the traveling it, axe?
0: Yeah, the traveling axe. Like everyone in Nova Scotia has apparently owned this thing at one point in time. So I saved its life. I took it across the country. Nobody can, can do anything <laughs> mean to it again.
1: We'll get oh. it back to Nova Scotia soil eventually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, this little axe, it's a fun little axe. Did not take long to knock down this bigger tree. Granted, it was partly rotten. It was that dead, standing dead, partly rotten. And we got little more than three quarters of we were almost halfway where it just collapsed and fell on its own and it fell quite well it was quite a a satisfying experience but it it kind of proved a point to him like and you were kind of going on the other side like a small tree one quick snap with an axe you can knock probably a lot of things from two to three inches with one to two hits yep where you would be 15 20 strokes with a good saw before you're through and I'll, I'll lay, to, lay a long tree down on top of a stump or something. And with an axe, a couple of chips, I can make my chunks. So, you know, there's a bit of loss, but you can scoop that up and throw it in a fire too. And you you can split with an axe.
1: Oh, you thinking you're so smart. I <laughs> see your axe versus saw debate, and I raise you a machete. <laughs> so my wife, from the other room, heard her conversation. And we Ben and I already talked about I this, but I didn't hear
0: you. I just thought I'd bring
1: a machete. I have one like that. Yeah, this is actually hers. This is the Gerber brand there. Yeah, I have the same one.
0: So it it it, it in, in inevitably gets brought up every time you you have this. I just use a machete. Now a machete is somewhere in between, and a lot of them actually have a sawback. I think that one does. I think this one does. It's, it's oh, a yeah. it's a horrible sawback, by the way. It, it is not well done.
1: <laughs> but it's there yep. you want that back you keep it oh I can keep it thanks
0: <laughs> so a machete has a time and place and it's really common to be used in rainforests down south because you have a lot of quick growing um, vines and stuff and that, that slicing through that is great
1: that's a more classic machete there
0: Yeah. your limit with that is even a good spruce tree will mess one of those up
1: oh yeah yeah it,
0: it, they're uh
1: once again they have their use don't get me wrong i i used to we were talking about this just before we came on i used to be a faithful machete user didn't carry an axe didn't really carry a saw carried a machete uh, i used it for chopping i just kept my size limited i could use it for splitting like i, I seen the I thought it was the best of everything around, and I could still use it for doing feather sticks and stuff like that, like on the inner belly off it. As I matured or progressed, whichever way you want to look at this, uh, I went to just carrying one of each tool—a saw and some sort of axe—which made the machete obsolete.
0: I, and I like it. There's times where it's it's great, but the reality is, if you're it's, say you wanted to cut a nice spruce tree down with that, if you're if you're cutting in the in a regular softwood part of it, you're going to do a good job.
1: Oh, and 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 well, You're distracted. No, Mel's walking by and feeding information and she actually had a good point. So huh. she said area and local vegetation can make a big difference on what you're yes. taking in to process your wood as well. If you're around bamboo and stuff like that, machete shine. You can get through those really easy and you can split them and stuff. Machete is like a very multi multi-tool use there as we're here, like where we're familiar with hardwood, softwoods things like that you need something a little bit more robust. you're not going to knock down an eighteen inch rock maple with a machete
0: as what I was saying earlier kind of dovetails with that if you were in in say Central America in the rainforests of Amazon, the vines and and a lot of the quick growing trees that don't they're not that dense, you can actually cut through them because they're a softer tree generally. Mm-hmm. But like I said, what we consider a soft tree here, like a, a spruce, if you hit a knot in a spruce, that's hard. Like, it is shockingly hard a knot. And it will chip
1: and, and roll an edge. Oh, yeah, fairly. That machete at this point has been beaten to hell. You know what I mean? Right. It is no longer a pristine machete by any stretch of the imagination. And it was from that. Mostly I used it just for processing wood, and it was from hitting knots. And this is me maintaining it as well. But just over yeah. time, like some good gouges have come out of it. And without completely cutting in and reprofiling it, there's no way for me to really fix it. And I just never really wanted to.
0: And here's the other thought that in my head. If, if I had a thought, I know somebody's going to jump on that. But with the machete, you like you said, you can keep it really sharp and you can do feather sticks and stuff. But if you've kept it sharp, it really doesn't do machete good stuff mm. really well. At least that portion. So now you have to have a, a varying profile angle as you go up the blade an area where you keep it nice and sharp and in an area where you have more of a utility wedge so that you can really pound on it without having to sharpen it every five seconds so it it is a good all-round tool but like any all-round tool it's not a superior tool in every instance
1: and that's very true and that's like i said that's kind of why i reduced down to the two other tools i got a little better in both worlds Uh, Just a couple comments coming here before they get too far behind us, or we get too far ahead of them, more specifically. Red Sand Adventures joining us. Have you ever tried chopping wood on your knees? Tried it for the first time this summer, and it worked really well. And funny enough, yeah, um, I actually do it quite regularly, unless I'm splitting massive wood with a splitting axe or something like that. If I'm processing around the campsite, and it's fairly small wood. Uh, Even my kindling and stuff here at home generally i will kneel down and put the splitting block between me and the axe that way if i miss it's not coming back to hit me so it is actually a safer method of doing it also for me it's a little easier on my back but it is actually a safer way of doing it and there's another way where you lay a log down and like log like this and then the stick kind of going like that and you split it on a cross section uh works really well for smaller wood and once again it's even safer again down that road uh, and if anybody's interested in that, uh, there's some great videos on YouTube that shows you that, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but if you want a more in depth, definitely just search, you know, kneeling, splitting position, and you'll get a bunch of stuff on that.
0: And, and that brings up a really good point. Anytime you're swinging an axe, be aware
1: of where that arc could travel, could bring that,
0: that axe because
1: if peanut Gallery's back, yes, my dear. Why don't you just come over and speak louder? She yeah, if she, if she wants to be part of this, sit down. <laughs> just come over and speak louder. No. <laughs> so, capability experience with the tool also plays a large part, which we were touching on. Yeah. Because sure. she sucks with I'm... an axe, is what she was getting at. So I apologize. Is there anything else you'd like to bring yeah. in? Okay.
0: <laughs> so, I started using an axe at a very young age. I My first axe was a small hatchet, but the size of your small one, not your tiny one. Yeah, Might like this one. It. This
1: is a standard size hatchet, right there. Yeah,
0: that's a, a yeah, it was a, a this, stone this hatchet. Really so I was given one of those and a job to split a whole bunch of firewood in the basement, and I spent a whole day down there splitting. It was awesome fun for a, like a six-year-old job.
1: Oh goodness, yeah. No, I was listening to you, Ben, but what Chris Lovelace just said. Jump in the comments and take a look at that one before I say it out loud.
0: i got to pull the YouTube up for that.
1: <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll say it out loud. Anyway, Chris Loveless uh, in the comments here. I remember my brother chopping wood with a fresh new hatchet he got. Not being careful, ended up almost slicing his unit off. 30 stitches on his pelvis. I mean, that that's, that is the reality, though. That is one of the things with an axe, and that's what Mel was saying with your experience and stuff like that. There is a potential to get hurt with one uh and we mentioned that right from the get-go because most people do assume that an axe has a lot more potential to hurt you because you're swinging it it's less accurate you know there's some basis of truth on that don't get me wrong but using things like the sitting position and stuff like that you make sure there's barriers between you there's there's ways to mediate that really really well and we have a new listener here walt morgan listening in armada michigan can I say that right um yeah, the, the dyslexic's the one reading the comments. We planned this out well. Anyway, um, sorry, continue on, Ben.
0: Uh, no, but now that he mentioned that story, I gotta throw one in. Uh, all growing up, my grandfather had a a crooked finger, and it, the fingernail had grown over the top of his finger. And it, the story we had always been told is he stuck his finger inside of a bottle and his. Sibling, I think it's his brother, decided to help him out by cutting it off, breaking the, the bottle with an axe and tucked the top of his finger off. Ew. So things happen, right? Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people injured and probably have minorly injured myself with an axe. I've had very few major instances with axes. Um, I did cut myself with a chainsaw. That story has probably been told here before. And I have cut my hand with a saw. It is important to know your tool and know how to operate it. And when, like the, op, the option of cutting wood on your knees, the arc thing is there, when you swing an axe, you swing it at full arm's length. And if you follow that arc back with the short axe, where does it normally end? It's going to end somewhere in your shin or your foot. Now, it will make short work of most footwear. Even steel-toed footwear is not an overly great protection against an axe. And it can open up your shin or your leg or your foot relatively easily, the same as it can open up the side of a birch tree. I mean, it, it does mm-hmm. its damage. It's, it's what it's designed to do. So if you're using it without care, without consideration of what it's capable of, very well expect that you're going to get injured. It's, it's, a, it's a likelihood to happen. That being said, you know, things can happen.
1: I'm just thinking. I don't think I've ever seriously injured myself with an axe. I have seriously injured myself with a saw. Both hand and chain. (laughs) So,
0: what? I mean, we watched it on alone. Multiple people got injured with axes. If you're not thinking about what can happen when you're swinging an axe, there's a good chance the blade could get deflected. Because once it goes in, you don't know what's inside. You don't know exactly what's going to happen inside a wood. Splitting wood can split. Putting that barrier between you, like a log between you and the se- axe. So if it does get deflected, it hits the log, or making the ground as a barrier to you.
1: Oh, it's far better you're to hit ahead. the ground and have to sharpen your axe than hit your shin and wish the axe <laughs> hadn't been so sharp. When I when I split wood, I
0: try to split wood with a full axe. A full axe, if you swing it, is going to hit the ground before it yep. hits you because it's already three foot long and your arm's so long, so it's it should hit the ground. But if you're using a, a a woods axe or a, uh, a scout axe or a hatchet they're much shorter and they're going to come in there's a similar theory with the machete the mm-hmm. proper machete if i remember correctly and i was told this recently i think when you hold it your hand your hand straight the tip should be hitting the ground
1: yeah and there might right. be some some truth to that to be honest with yes. you so that gerber one that you
0: got there that's that's really like a three-quarters machete and and there's a but there's a reason for that and and here's the thing is I'm not as familiar with the machete. I've seen them. I've used them a little bit, but honestly, there's, there's a, a whole pro- proper process of how to use those, how to sharpen them. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people here in North America are as experienced with them as people in South America and maybe a lot of Asia where it's a much more common tool.
1: No, and I would agree with you on that too. I was surprised to actually see the old wooden handle machetes for sale in a uh, a tackle shop, not like fish yeah. tack tack shop. I should say horse shop. You know what I mean? Um, you just don't see them often. Even the ones you get in town, stuff like that for Canadian Tire, like you said, you generally end up with these these kind of ones.
0: Yeah, which is really just a large knife, more so than a machete. A machete is a longer thing. And there's some heft to it because it acts like an axe. Like the heavy heft is, is, is allows it to carry through an object when you, when you swing it. But there's the there's the thing: is that it's similar to an axe in that it's a momentum device, right? You spin and that that energy gets stopped, and it chips out large chunks of wood or cuts clean through things in one swing, which is, in my opinion, less effort than a lot of sawing motion you cut a lot of trees with the saw you're going to get tired
1: but i would almost argue it's more tired in a different way it's a tired that you can recover from more effectively i find because it's more like a workout strain as we're with an axe if you're doing it for a long period of time it's impact strain uh you run the risk not the risk your muscles tend to stay more sore longer because they have that jarring motion over and over again. So you actually end up doing a little bit more damage to the muscle itself instead of just fatiguing it. But once again, we're talking, you know, like a day's worth of work on these things, you know, and technique pays a big part of it. A properly swung ax, you
0: don't absorb the impact. You, you have stopped putting effort in by the time it hits. You shouldn't still be pushing an ax when it hits the wood. It's you're just guiding it at that point. And so that should help absorb it. But yeah, splitting wood, especially you get some jarring impact sometimes. Oh you man. Expect-
1: if you're splitting wood with the wrong ax and we kind of already said this, but it's a point worth mentioning. There is a correct ax for the job you're doing. Uh, and when you don't use the correct ax for the job you're doing, as Ben was saying, like he used a full ax to split wood. That's generally where you're going to run into a lot of the problems and stuff like that. Using a hatchet. A lot of people use it to split kingling. Um, and it gets you in close, you know what I mean? But you generally choke up on it. You try, much like your knife, you're manu- maneuvering it in a way that's appropriate for that. But if you were trying to use, say, a three-pound split maul to split Kinwin, the effort that it takes to try and hold it up, you're probably going to fatigue a little bit. Your hand might slip in the way. It might glance off and go into your arm. Like You have to match the correct tool to the right job and have the experience, uh, if not training, potentially on that tool. You know what I mean?
0: But we used to split a lot of wood we split all our wood by hand and i had splitting malls and splitting axes for years and the biggest one i ever had i, I swear was close to 10 pounds and it had a steel handle with rubber wrapped around it and then yeah. this thing weighed a ton and it took everything you could to swing it but once it got going not much stopped it like the odd gnarly birch might take two or three hits before it just pops right open and i recently seen a place in alberta was selling um splitting swords
1: that's kind of interesting
0: uh, look, look that up later so it's 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 a sword with a, a deeper more 45 angle and uh, it's it was pretty cool but you're right like there is a splitting axe and there is a, a a cutting axe and they're designed for them and if you look at them a cutting axe has a very thin profile the cheeks are are hollowed in where a splitting axe they're hollowed out they're they're, they're, they're kind of like Puffed out versus sucked to in. To
1: throw and, the two pieces away. Right. So More a cutting axe is
0: meant to, to dig in and cut out ch- ch- chips of wood. So when you're cutting with an axe, cutting a tree down, you're you're trying to take big chips out of the wood. So you want to d- bite deep and then pop that wood out. So it's usually a, a cut high, a cut low, in two opposite angles, say about 45-degree meat to the, to the tree, and you should check be able to pull large chunks out and it's like a beaver how it eats you, you chip out around and eventually the thing will fall a saw wedging helps but it, you end up cutting through the wood like the full length hmm. maybe more than the full length because if you wedged you're probably in a third in a third and in out and in two-thirds so you've cut through four-thirds of a wood <laughs>
1: No, and I can't argue that. Before we move on to saws, there is a question that Red Sand asked that I was hoping somebody would when we mentioned axes. Um, I have an old double-headed axe or double-bit axe. I plan on restoring it. Do you guys know the reason for the double-edged? One edge is a bit bigger than the other one. So what do you think, Ben?
0: (laughs) We just said it, really. One end is, is designed more for splitting and one is more for cutting.
1: I'd have to see the axe but depending like Ben said if one edge one side is more wedge shaped than it's what Ben said one is more for cutting one's for splitting if it's a solid flat bit axe it's narrow on both ends it kind of looks like this axe just doubled up on both sides what we used to call them was um whining axes I, I don't know what the actual name of them is other than bit axe but Uh, We used to call them lining axes, and we'd keep one side for doing our chopping, and we'd use the second side for, like, if we had to cut a root or something like that. We had an edge that we didn't mind beating up a little bit and keeping a good one, so it didn't slow us down, and we had that sharp edge to work with as we were going on. That's what I used them for historically when I was doing, like, uh, crown lines and stuff like that. I don't know if that's the true nature of them, but that's why we used them in that purpose.
0: I think that the overall purpose was it was one tool that could do a lot and, and, and and adding those functions onto it helped. But I did read that somewhere. I did do some research. I think Wranglestar actually has an episode on that.
1: Yep. Red bear tactical. Just said that wrangling has a video on that.
0: Yeah. And he describes it down. It's been a few years since I've watched it, but, uh, yeah, he has a good art, and he, he does a lot on axes. You want to know a lot about axes, he talks about them. They're definitely a useful tool. There's, they're a tool you can use in places you can't use a saw. And you kind of mentioned it there too. When I've been doing some work, we've had to pull roots and stuff out of the ground. We always had like a grubbing axe. And, and by that, it was intentionally left dull. It was never expected to cut through trees. And we would hit it into roots. And the problem with that is you're going to hit rocks. It's yeah. going to happen. But no amount of trying are you ever going to be able to saw the roots off of a tree. But you can cut it with an axe. Because there's no way you're going to get a saw in there.
1: No, and I completely agree. I was just thinking of something in my head, well, before we abandon axes. Because somebody might mention this. There is another style of axe, and it's called a hoe axe or a Pulaski. Not a bushcrafting axe, folks. I'm just going to point that out there now, because I have had this question asked. Somebody carried one of these faithfully. Uh, and they used it for their own purpose which wasn't the correct purpose off it but what a Pulaski is for it's a uh, it is an axe on one side meant for chopping cutting stuff like that and on the other side it kind of looks like a hoe it's used in firefighting wildland firefighting it's for digging trench lines and things like that but if you grab one for bushcraft they generally are not going to do a lot for you and like I said I've seen it once so I thought it was worth mentioning because I just got a slight chuckle out of it I mean you don't know if you don't No, you know what I mean? So I'm not making fun of anybody for this. Just don't learn from other people's mistakes, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah, if you want to get into it too, there's a lot of different style axes. There's axes used for shaping wood. There's axes used for carving. Um, And that's a a thing I wanted to talk a little bit about. When I do some of my carving, sometimes I use an axe to hew a large amount of it off that would... That I can do much quicker and and precisely than I can do with a saw for certain functions. So they're two different tools. Now, the big thing I'm going to tell anyone with any tool is if it's got a sharp edge and you're not using it for what that sharp edge is meant for, that sharp edge should be protected. Uh, To protect both you and a sharp edge, there's a mask. Or a, a, a face or a cover that you can put over the top of, a, of an axe. You should always have one when you're taking an axe with you. Especially if you keep that axe sharp. And if you're carrying it.
1: If you want a real cheap cover for an axe. Say like my hatchet here that doesn't have a case anymore. Um, rubber fuel line or power steering line. Cut that yep. to length. Split it down the middle and a ranger band around it. And you're all covered up for literally nickels.
0: I. I made one out of um, vacuum to uh, like PVC pipe back for yep. vacuums and I just flattened it down heated it up with a, a hairdryer got it nice and soft shaped it in uh, laced it together a bit so it looked kind of kind of neat put one uh, piece of bungee cord from through one corner to the next around the back and I just it snapped it in place there's a lot of ways to do it. Leather ones are relatively cheap at the hardware store. Believe it or not, you can get them for five to ten bucks. Um, definitely worth having. Same thing with your buck saw or your your folding saw. When you're not using it, fold it up, put it away. The Agua cannons fold up really quick and easy. You can unfold them. Don't go running through the woods with an open saw. We were taught this as kids, people. Don't run with scissors. Don't run with axes. Don't run with saws. I, I think. I think it's equally um, useful. So yeah,
1: this is a prime example of a small saw. I wouldn't go use this to process firewood, but it works great for making traps and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like figure four, easy to knock stuff off and get precise cuts. But if you're not using it, fold it and protect it. And honestly, this one came from the dollar store and I bought it to test it back when I was doing budget bushcraft and I ended up keeping it because it works so well. Um so a couple comments there too. Just to catch up. Uh, Red Sam was asking, so is the double-bit axe. Decent axe to carry. Two trains of thought on that. It's a great axe to carry. No axe is a bad axe, but you do have two sharp sides on that. So keep in mind, you have double the chances of cutting your gear, yourself, and things like that. As well as if you got yourself into a spot, especially if you're splitting wood. Uh, like I don't use a double-bit axe to split wood because there's kind of uh, a process to splitting wood where if you hit it once and the axe sinks in really hard, a lot of people try and pick it up and slam the block back down or they try and work to get their axe out. Depending on the angle that is that, you can swing the whole thing around, flip it to the flat side of the axe and hit that on your splitting block, and it actually ends up driving the wood through the axe instead of the axe through the wood. Way less effort, and once you start getting used to splitting like that and stuff, you were in a rhythm, which you would not be able to keep with a a double-bit axe. So is it a good axe? Yes, great axe, just once again, as... Walt was asking here, what he's hearing is both are useful, but it is situational as to which you might use. same thing goes with your axe. If all you're going to be doing is like cutting stuff down, double bit axe, awesome things to have. But if you're planning to do a little bit of splitting, you may want to consider something with a flat back on it.
0: Um, Yeah, I wouldn't knock it as a thing. Personally, it's not my thing. Uh, My concerns are A, you, you only have the one handle. So if you break it now, you have two tools that are basically failed. Um, and like you said, there's an additional risk of damage damage. If I were, um, vehicle traveling and wanted to just carry it with a vehicle, I'd be more inclined. I can't imagine a situation where a double bitted ax would be great for, for light camping and, and hiking. It's, you're generally big and then you got two faces to worry about. Uh, I try to find a small forest ax.
1: You yeah, know, I don't something. even bring a full ax. I bring a pole ax which is about two feet long, maybe a little over two feet.
0: Generally, my camping axes are are under 24 inches. Uh, 21 inches, I think I find to be a pretty nice length. Um, And I have even taken the uh, the little axe like you have there, that fiberglass handled axe. I've taken the head off of that and put on a slightly longer blade, or a longer handle, and I find that to be a fun (laughs) little axe to play with.
1: Not that one. Yes. <laughs> oh, you mean the other one? Yeah. Sorry. This one kind of has the same ABS handle in it. Yeah. You mean the hatchet hatchet, not this little thing. This little thing here yeah, actually yeah. serves a purpose, and I did bring it because uh, we use it kind of as a joke. But the thing is, great axe here for when you're trailing. It's perfect yeah. for taking off little limbs and stuff like that that just be annoyance otherwise. So Melissa actually has this for her belt axe. Uh, and yeah, if she's blazing a trail or something like that or just scoring a tree to actually blaze a line... They're perfect for that because you can get them into small areas. You can work in around branches and it's great. So this must have been the axe we're talking about changing the head off.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a common one. They're they're okay axes. They have their limitations, but I have put a longer handle on it and found it much better. Um, you know, there's there are a lot of options out there for axes. You can there's dozens of designs. Definitely take your time and look at them. Uh, a really popular one used to be the roofer's axe. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, it has it's the gonna... ability to drop nails, pull nails, it's relatively lightweight, it's really good for making small splits and you can keep a relatively good edge on it because it's pretty thin, so you can actually do some carving with it. So a lot of people find out it be a, a, a neat little one to play with. Um, I think the end result is this, we've spent most of it on axes. is Axe is a useful tool, needs to be treated with care. But we've beat up on saws. And I don't know that that was fair either, because saws do have a lot of advantages. You can use a saw for a lot of things. d limbing a tree, I've used both. The little saws, like that folding saw you had there, works really good. You can get it in spots, especially there's spots where you can't swing an ax, where you can get the saw, and vice versa. Places you can't really get a saw in without damaging it, you can use the ax. They both have times and places that come in handy. If you want to get really precise, or if you want to make, say, you had to make a paddle. I've seen people, they drew it out on a piece of wood, and you saw it down with your saw, and then they chunk it off with an axe, and they can control, get that control even better. So there is a place where the two of them married together, make a better tool.
1: And that's the thing. The other thing with saws are, you can get them in a lot of different sizes. Like, that's a tiny yeah. saw in comparison to my finger, but I use this a lot for when I'm making uh, fireboards. doing friction fire because it's easy to put a notch in with that you just cut two little notches good to go Uh, i've used it for cutting off shovel handles and walking sticks and stuff like that because i didn't want to dig out my big axe or my full saw or something like that saws i find i use a lot when i am making traps making shelter making other tools just because you have that finesse with the saw blade providing you have the correct saw for what you're doing you're not going to use this saw to set up, you know, tiny notches in a fireboard. It's probably gonna end up splitting it, especially if it was a, you know, a, uh, what am I trying to think here? A hand drill fire. Um, or this one that you gave me, Ben, which ends up being 24 inches long when it's fully assembled. Uh, you, you're not gonna use that to set up a, a tiny little figure for deadfall or trap lever or something like that. Like, you gotta tailor the tool to the job that you're doing, This exact same as an ax.
0: Here's a nice little one, uh, silky pocket boy. I found it in a uh, Lee Valley. You know, I don't know, probably about a seven inch blade, give or take. I, I say that because I think I've seen seven wrote on it somewhere. Yeah, but it's a nice little saw. folds up, can fit it in your pocket, pocket hence the name pocket boy. Uh, you know, definitely has a time and a place for it. Uh, I like my saws, my Aqua Cannon. I I think we've talked about that. Everywhere I've taken it, people have liked it and went and most times somebody has bought one um, that I've gone camping with. So, you know, it works really quick, it folds up pretty light. Saws generally will weigh a little bit less than your 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 axe.
1: They generally pack better. They weigh less. Uh And I don't want to say they're less dangerous. They take less experience to operate. You know what I mean? They're more directly forward. When you're felling a tree, you have to worry about angles and things like that. Even with an axe or a saw, when you're junking a piece of wood uh, for firewood, if you lay it on the ground, you pretty much just chop it until it falls apart. Uh, But you have to watch out for your legs and make sure there's no rocks under it and stuff like that. With a saw, you can pretty much just saw down through it until your arms get tired. Because trust me, your arms are going to get tired several times. You can reposition things and still keep at it so yeah i think i think the
0: saw needs less initial skill to use um with skill the saw can get pretty good but the learning curve is a little bit better uh, on it an axe takes the skill and here's the thing if you're exhausted so at the end of the day if you're trying to do something with an axe i think the risk of getting injured is a little bit higher than that of a saw because it doesn't take the concentration and skill to operate. If you're not on the game, it's easier to miss your target, and it's easier for the axe to deflect and hit something else and damage something or yourself. Or a saw, you can really concentrate that in and get it down. You can't get a good cut without swinging the axe a little bit, and but you can almost always put that edge on and get going. Now, will it jump a little bit? You'd be off. A saw with her too yeah it happens all the time i don't know anyone who's never had that problem but you don't miss by four or five inches mm-hmm. which i have missed on an axe wing by four or five inches oh easy and, especially if you're getting fatigued don't, don't tell me anyone who's going to split wood can can tell me that they didn't miss by an inch or two on either side where they they aimed it to or hit a little bit further a little bit back right there's a lot involved. It's a full body motion to use that tool.
1: Um, so. No, and much like yourself, saws have a really particular purpose. And depending on the size your saw and stuff, once again, not to beat that dead horse. But as I mentioned, I like it for doing the finer cuts and things like that. Uh, if you want to do a tri-stick, do one with a knife and then do one with a saw. Warn a little bit about it. learn what your saw is capable of. This little saw here is amazing for doing all those little notches and stuff like that. Now, if I was building a log cabin, I'd probably go with an ax and do bigger notches because they don't have to be as precise. But if that had to be real precise, maybe I'd crack the saw back out. And I guess that's the bottom line of this is I do find the saw a little bit more precise in the applications you use it in. I generally find the ax is better at doing a lot more quicker, if that makes sense.
0: I mean, most size are cross cut size. They're meant to cut across your, your grain. Axe splits along the grain really well. So if you're making splits and stuff, great. I have yet to see anyone make splits using a saw. Right. But your point, and this is what I have seen. And I have tried this. It is possible. To split a log without an axe.
1: You can do it with uh, wedges.
0: Yes. So I have made, and I, I did it at the cabin. I don't know if I showed you or I
1: nope. talked to you. We about, talked about it, though.
0: But I had a piece of wood. It was probably 20 foot long. It was probably 8 to 12 inches around from one end to the next. Maybe a little bit off from that, but it was quite big around comparatively I mean I'm now in BC it's, it's it was a, it's a twig here <laughs> but you know decent size it was a lot to lug that thing around it, it's it was on the hill and I wanted to see if I could split it. it it had no purpose there was it wasn't destined for firewood or anything and I cut five or six hardwood wedges with a knife and I went along with a, a, a log which I could have easily using a saw made it into a better hammer and I just tapped them in. I went up the length and just kept tapping them in. And I split that 20-foot thing without using an actual axe. So, you know, that's a, that's a neat tool. Like, you can do it. There's ways around it. People make splits all the time with their knife. You know, they paton it through or they paton their, their machete through. Can you make splits without an axe? 100%. Is it as easy? Mm. Not really is there a risk to the other tool as in a, you will rarely damage an ax making splits, right? You yeah. could go a whole lifetime. You might change a handle. You might miss and shipment an a blade, but you're not really going it, to, it's not beyond repair. If you baton a knife through a good piece of wood and it gets wedged in or gets the blade snaps off, the, the blade is done. There's no bringing that back at that point. So, We've talked about this before when you go into woods, one is none, two is one. If you don't know that your knife can handle it, and it might handle it the first 20 times you do it, you may be without a knife.
1: No, and that is a very good point. And seeing we're kind of going down that path, let's talk maintenance on both things, because that is something we want to talk about. And you did mention handles on axes. The common place for axe handles to break is right here at the throat of it. Generally, you short shaft yourself a little bit or overshoot, whatever you want to call it. And you end up just smashing the handle on whatever that you're trying to split or chop. Generally, it happens more often when you're splitting than chopping, though it is not exclusive to that. I have seen some people fatigued and stuff, winding up with a big baseball swing and literally just sever their axe in two, trying to cut down a tree. But generally, it happens over time as you're splitting wood. The uh, wood splits weird, uh, like a little finger will stick up and catch your handle and that's pretty normal wear and tear of an axe as you get better with it that happens less often you learn to read the wood a little bit more but at some point in your axe owning career or whatever you want to call it you are probably going to have to change a handle at some point so expect to do that and there is a process to it like profiling the handle to match the ax so that you get it balanced and that way it doesn't twist and glance off. And there's tons of videos on that. And I'm not going to profess that I'm an expert on it. I can basically make an ax that I can use. I don't know if I trust it with anyone else, but there is a lot to that, but there's a lot of great resources available online to teach you that as well.
0: There is, um, grain direction tends to make a pretty big deal. You want the grain to be sort of lack of a better description forward and aft to the you don't want it going across grain the other thing you mentioned how it breaks off the other way sometimes happens is when you're cutting you wedge your axe in and you put a sideward load that mm. chip that piece of wood out and you snap it off that way because that's the the way the handle is its absolute weakest and so it can't really handle great strain on that and it's something to keep in mind um yeah so there is those things for sure um How do you protect your handle? A lot of people put a guard underneath the head. And it's usually just a piece of leather wrapped around it. So when it hits, that sacrifices and takes the impact and and damage rather than your wooden handle. And that's a good thing. I've also seen a made out of brass and steel and copper. So it's just a little collar that comes down from the head about three to four inches. Um, oiling your blade and your handle, and, and you oiling blade your blade yourself. on
1: a saw is even a good idea too to keep rust down. So yeah. oiling can go for both tools here. Yeah,
0: anything metal should be oiled regularly to keep it from rusting. Keep if it starts to rust, the rust should be removed because it spreads like a cancer. Get rid of it. Uh, the handle again, oiling that will help leather. If there's leather on any of your tools. Make sure that that has been treated with some kind of leather treatment to prevent it from drying out. If it dries and cracks, it's going to fail. Your, your face on an axe is oftentimes leather, like your, your protection. So uh, that's important. Your head of an axe can become loose, but so can the blade of your saw. And so, like in this case, you can t- tighten down that screw. Um, Yours, this, that tube saw you showed me? Yep. That actually has a a wing nut that you can adjust. And if you're using it for a while, something you'll notice it gets loose. You have to tighten it up a bit. Um,
1: Uh, On a saw note, spare blades. That is one of the beauties of a saw. There are significantly less maintenance in that aspect. With an axe, you have to learn how to sharpen, and there is a proper way to sharpen an axe, putting the correct angles and stuff like that on it, depending on what you want to do with it. With a saw, most times it's as easy as just buying a new blade for it. Uh, and we found out, this is one thing I was going to tell you, when um, Steve and I were together when we went camping, he got uh, a 24-inch version of your saw, I think it was?
0: Yeah. The, the blades one, yeah. will
1: work in this saw. All you have to do is yep. put a small nut and bolt on them.
0: Yes. But like that saw has plastic ends on it.
1: That's why you have to put the nut and bolt in the other one. They'll actually, I,
0: sorry. I was going to say, if you put the nut and bolt on it, yes, I could see it working, but I feel like that would be putting a a bit of an odd strain on the tube. And how long would it
1: survive? I was going to say, you have to make sure the hex side faces out and you have to put a flat side in one of the screw heads. There's a whole tutorial on how to do it to spread it out. Cause I went on a mad search to try and find replacement blades for that. You can't get them anymore. So a whole bunch of people started using the same blades using this method. So that's the other thing with a saw is generally, if you need to figure something out with it, it's metal. You can work with it. You can make something work.
0: Um, with a saw, it is worth more so than the the, the body of the saw buying good blades. Um, and if you go to Walmart or an dollar store, you can often find times fine buck saw blades believe it or not they used to sell these cheap cheap buck saws, and i i went out and tried them and almost everyone seemed to bind right away and the reason is it's a flat blade yep. so there's a thing called setting the teeth and setting the teeth is every other tooth should be alternating one one to the left one to the right one to the left one to the right and that means it cuts wider than the blade and that's important because if it cuts the same width of the blade it doesn't take much expansion of the wood that it all of a sudden it's grabbing your your blade
1: and keep in mind wood is a fibrous plant as it heats up it's going to expand and there is heat generated when you're cutting wood anybody that says there isn't tell them to grab your saw blade after you run it through a piece of dry hardwood
0: yeah so that 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 friction and you might say oh it's not that much it is a lot (laughs) that friction wears you out quick so anything you can do and this is where lubing up that blade like a little bit of wd-40 or a little bit of oil on the blade will help you cut through that wood so much faster and prevent corrosion so much better that it, it makes a huge difference but that offset that setting of the teeth on a blade on a saw makes it a little bit wider helps a lot too because there is so much less friction and it makes cutting feel so much better. So those dollar store blades I found had no setting. But if you took uh, like a screwdriver and you go in and just set each one, there's a tool for it. You can get a setting tool. there's a whole art to this. Yep. It's going to make your experience so much different. Um, Anyone who's used the cheap buck saw and then a good buck saw will immediately tell you there's a difference. And uh, I think that was a big part. Those Agro Cannons, they're sold with a decent blade. And they're sold with a blade that's meant for a purpose. So you can buy a meat blade. You can buy a blade that's meant for cutting through steel. You can put uh, uh, a hacksaw style blade on the on buck saws. Oh, yeah. You can get cross cut as well as, uh, what's the other word? You can get there's cross cutting there's another word and then there's green and dry wood blades there's a difference oh yeah for sure using the wrong blade to cut wood is significantly more effort you're going to regret it um i think that's the thing that both the beauty and the disadvantage of a saw blade is with the right one it does make a lot less energy a lot better it's a little bit safer with with your your axe it's pretty well the same tool for everything, you know. <laughs> like for cutting, once you get down, to, if you want to make like a a square piece of lumber, there is a there's a proper axe for that with a flatter side and a you know for hacking off stuff. There's there are specialty axes for splitting,
1: but less so than. It's called a kerf. The kerf is wider than the blade to accommodate the passage of the blade. So there's the proper name for the angle that's created by displacing the teeth. It's called a kerf. Curf, curve, K-E-R-F. KERF, yes. KERF also
0: refler, res, uh, refers to the thickness of the blade, too. So you can buy thin KERF blades.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and you'll find that even on like a r- radial saw or, or um, like a skill saw like you, you, your circular saws. You can buy thicker and thinner blades and, they, and they'll call it KERF and then the offset is your setting so a thin curved blade is thinner and generally weaker but wastes a lot less wood and takes a lot less energy to push through things a thicker kerf blade is stronger and can take a lot more impact like a lot more work but takes a bit more energy to put through so depending on what you're doing and your precision you want to get choose the correct type of blade right
1: As you reading our um, comments there, sorry to catch up. Um, yeah, so we talked about oil in them. We talked about keeping them sharp. Uh, you can sharpen a saw, but most times it is easier just to buy a new blade. Uh, for this one here that I was just showing with Ben, I'm actually going to set the teeth and resharpen it by hand just to see if a new blade will work as good as the old blade. Um, with both of them, it, it's it is pretty straightforward stuff. If it's damaged in any way, fix it before it becomes a problem with both a saw and an axe. A chip in the blade of an axe, or it it's going to make it wander, it's going to make it pull, it's going to make it dig, it's going to make it unsafe. Same as if you chip a tooth in a, a saw. Sometimes you will literally just chip a tooth off or snap a tooth off, whatever. It's going to make things worse for you. Just keep them working properly and that's going to aid so much to your safety. Keep them in cases when you're not using them, if you can, like some sort of case, just to keep them from being damaged. And We already talked about this. And honestly, that's the majority of the maintenance. Keep them oiled, keep them in working condition, and keep them protected. Almost any cutting instrument, that's basically it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, we. the same same theory works with your, your knives, your machete, your saw, your axe, all across the board. Like I said, if it's wood, oil it. If it's leather, treat it. Usually there's like a, a mink oil or Dublin. Um the steel, any kind of corrosion preventative oiling will help. Keep it sharp. Uh, don't let it get hot. So, do not heat up. Do not put your knife blade, your axe, or your saw in the flame. You'll detemper it. You'll detemper it. And I don't know why I have to say this, but I feel I do because there's somebody out there who's sticking their their axe head into the fire because they think it's helping them cut through something. Oh or, man. No, the worst one i ever
1: seen for heating up stuff. And once again, just random story. We're coming to the end of the show. So I'm going to tell it. I watched somebody use the tip of their knife to help them solder something. Cause all they had was a blowtorch. They couldn't use the torch directly on the wire, so they blowtorched, like they took their knife, weighed it on the wires, put the blowtorch on the knife, and used the solder, like kind of like heat transfer. And then they wondered continuously after that why that knife would never hold an edge again. <laughs> they yeah, heated it up yeah. and let it cool down slow or yeah, cool down slowly. It was summer, right? So instead of quenching it, cooled down slow, weakened the metal, realigned all the crystal. The thing was soft. Like, you'd almost bend it with your hands by the time it was done. Yeah. No. I mean, and it's it's not easy to properly... Te- ask any blacksmith. Like, getting a
0: good temper on a knife is an art in itself. And to think you're going to do it with a handle on it... Like, most knives are tempered com- just as a blade. They're, they're they're put through the whole process. You know, you they heat it up to a temperature. They cool it down. And then they put it in, usually in an oven to to temper it down like so there's a you know they quench it and then they temper it because if it's quenched properly it's so hard it's going to shatter the first time you do anything with it like it's like glass super hard won't scratch you know hold an edge forever <laughs> but put a slight bit of sideward pressure on the thing and it's going to shatter like a piece of glass and you see them you watch blacksmith shows they'll drop them on concrete by accident they'll shatter they're gone oh for sure and then they go and put them in a in the oven, and they 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 heat treat, it. and that's not shown on like Forge and Fire. They don't really show that that process of tempering.
1: Yeah, because a few runs through bringing... the oven, it's not just one. Yeah, we had Jamie on an episode, one episode that you weren't here, and he talked about the tempering process, and he says he runs them through like four to five times, depending on what the knife is. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> yeah, you have to get it soaked the the temperature soaked through, and in yeah there's a whole process and, and even yeah before they do the initial quench a lot of times they heat it up and cool it down heat it up and cool it down and and the process of that is 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 well regulated too because doing it too much in a carbon steel blade will take the carbon out of it
1: mm-hmm. doing it too fast in so, a steel blade can warp it
0: <laughs> yeah and if if the stresses aren't relieved out of it when you take it out you'll have a you know a piece of bacon is what you have right
1: um, so a big safety thing that red bear just said here and before we go too much longer it's worth saying is don't use a grinder to sharpen your axe don't use a grinder to sharpen any kind of cutting thing it's uh, you can profile it and cut shapes with it but that's not supposed to be your final sharpening tool and i see it happen a lot uh especially with axes and machetes people will take and use grinders to try and quickly put an edge on them same kind of deal uh, it makes a real rough edge, and it puts a lot of heat in there.
0: It does. Um, my father, when I, when I was younger, he started making knives, and what he had, he did is he found these large hacksaw blades, like they were like three and a half, four inches thick, and well, wide, and probably over an eighth of an inch thick. They were they were pretty thick, three sixteenths or something thick. They were decent thickness, and he was using a bench grinder to profile it and he literally had a bucket of water there and he'd stick it in the water and cool it down and then he'd run it through once or twice and then back in the water run it through once or twice i have had bad nicks in an axe and i will take it to a bench grinder an angle grinder to to bring it back but then i gotta sit there with for a ton of time with various files and then i'll go down to like even like a sandpaper or a stone to get the edge I want in the end. So you can use it to get a start, but honestly, you can really mess one up doing it. Um, They're super aggressive. (laughs) um, Use it extremely sparingly. And if you don't know what you're (laughs) at, take the extra time with, with the file. He's a hundred percent, right? You'll do a lot less damage and have much better control with a file.
1: And that's what Um, he said. He said he uses a flat file to dress it up and then uses the stone to polish it off. Basically what you just said.
0: Um it, it depends on what where you've gotten. If I wanted to take my grubbing axe and return it to being able to to be a felling axe, then I've usually got no edge left on this thing and it's a process to get it back. Um I've also seen large nicks where somebody is, has messed up and hit, you know, decided to split wood on top of a rock. And it's tempting. You're in a woods and it's full of like moss and stuff, and you're trying to sp- to split a piece of wood and the only hard thing around is a big rock. You're like, "I'll just put the wood on and hit it. It's going to go through and it's going to hit the, uh, the rock and you're going to you're going to mess up your your blade. You're much better off getting another big piece of wood and hitting against that. That's not always possible with an axe, but if you can at all do it, do it. If you put those kind of nicks in there, you may be there for a while with a with a you know, you you'll be wanting a good file. Maybe something like 18 inches to two foot long, you can get a nice run Run on it. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're taking a lot of metal off now to get back to something that's usable, right? Um, But yeah, uh, with any tool, uh, the axe is a good axe head probably can last you a lifetime. Rarely will you find a saw blade that's going to last you a lifetime.
1: My axe, my little axe that you see me use, I found that axe head in a field. It wasn't too bad. Like, it was rusted a little bit and stuff, but I was able to clean it up, polish it off, and make a working axe out of it because it was a really good axe head.
0: There, there are people who will go to um, yard sales and antique sales looking for some of the older axes that were, were made 50, 60, 100 years ago and clean them up and reuse them because to them, they're the best deal they can find and they just really last. Where a lot of them today aren't made as good and uh if you if you watch wranglestar he's an interesting character he had a a hate on episode for fisker axes which i have a fisker axe i I like it i think it has a a place in my kit but it has a relatively soft steel and you can't replace the head on it like once it's damaged Mm -hmm. to a certain point it's garbage
1: it's much like this one here not trying to deafen anyone with this but it's like yeah. a, a molded handle yeah. into the head. So once yes. it's done, it's done. Yeah.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Slightly different, but very much the same concept. And I think they have a good warranty. If you break the handle, I think they'll replace it. And they're hollow, so some people have broken the axe and just jammed a piece of wood into there to get them back out. So there's options. That being said, it's hard to beat an old-fashioned hollow head axe that you can put your own handle in and, and, and do it. And I have a couple that I've put together over the years. And uh, it tends to be something that brings me a lot of joy to use. I'm happy to see it. I know, know how it works because I, I, I put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and they're, they're always fun to use. Um, but I love my saws too. So anyone that tells you mm-hmm. that one is better than the other, um, I don't think they understand the function of either. because if you knew the true function of each one, you'd know that they're both excellent at what they do. And combined, they really do make an awesome pair that you can do so much with.
1: And you said it right at the start. Aside from they both process wood, it's almost like comparing apples and oranges. They're made for two different kinds of processes, and they do their process very well.
0: Yeah. Um, You can't really replace an axe with a hatchet or, or a, with a, a machete and you can't replace it with a saw no more than you can replace a saw with an axe or a machete and a machete works where you couldn't really properly use an axe or a saw you want to cut your way through a jungle with a saw good luck you'll be at it all day um maybe the closest thing would be one of those uh, like the weed whacker type saw
1: Hmm.
0: You know what I'm talking about? The brush saws? Yeah. Those the... are really good for going through the woods. They have a spinning, you know, 12-inch blade. Dangerous as hell. Spacing saw. That's what they're called. Spacing Yeah. Br- brush saw, I think I was told. Yeah, was. that
1: that's the other name for them. But if you go to buy one, they're called a spacing saw. Oh,
0: yeah. And, I mean, there's a harness you wear and, and I think they say for 20-foot circumference, you want to stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've watched a guy with one of these, I think, the one I've seen, they had eight-inch blades on it, and they cut through eight to twelve-foot, twelve-inch trees.
1: Yep, you just go around the outside of them. We used to use them quite yep. a bit in parks.
0: Yeah, uh, they're 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 a great tool for themselves. Again, not a bushcrafting thing in the fact that you're not going to walk ten miles with this thing just to to build a quick fort. It's it's great for trail making. It's great for for clearing brush around a piece of property it has a purpose same thing with we never talked about chainsaws really because i think they're too big and bulky to be taking mm-hmm. is there an exception car camping yes if you're i've often thought of throwing a chainsaw in the back of, of the, the suv in case i see a down tree but the reality is for the number of times it's happened to me my and saw would do it you know
1: no, nope. and just something that Red Bear mentioned here to the side, and it's uh, related back to axes. His first Gerber axe destroyed the edge on moose bone, um, and then he said a couple days with a bastard file and a diamond stone, it was better than new. Next bone never hurt, the, or sorry, the next moose bone never hurt the edge at all. He said they might have screwed up the factory temper on the edge, and once he got rid of that, it seemed to be plenty good underneath. And that there might be something to that because I've heard other stories about Gerbers and stuff like that. Where once they've taken that initial face off, that initial edge off, that they've actually lasted pretty well. So it might just be something yeah, in the process. I, I was wondering if that would be however they put the final edge on if they overheated it. And that's what I'm thinking because a lot of times those go through a cut grinder, they just kind of go down a belt line and it's two grinders that just V it down and it's generating a lot of heat there. And it's just a real quick edge.
0: And they would, they would mess up the temper on the outer side because generally a, a bad temper, you would end up with a case-hardened thing. You'd have the opposite, like it might work really well. A lot of files are case-hardened. They're hard on the outside, soft on the inside. Mm. And in this case, we kind of have the opposite, which tells me that something heated the edge up. And he may have even intentionally done that um, to help people keep a fine edge on it. Like, to be able to sharpen it a little bit better but yeah once you get down to the true metal uh it would it would work it's interesting i can i can see a few ways that could happen um but yeah uh bone is hard.
1: <laughs> oh yeah i've broken a good many knives uh splitting deer yeah
0: uh it's interestingly weird. enough uh, for anyone who's interested um my father was a hunting guy for over 12, 15 years or so. And uh, the interesting thing is when around the end, when I was chatting with him about it, he stopped using saws or axes to clean his moose, caribou, and bear. He did it all with a single knife. Really? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. He he had one knife. I've seen the knife. I, I wish I knew where the knife was. I suspect it's somewhere, but we can't find it. Uh, my mother doesn't quite remember it and nobody else seems to know what happened to it and i don't know if they're hiding it from me as in somebody took it and doesn't want me to know about it but i i want the curvature of it it had more of a curve than most knives i found a couple that are similar to it and he would get that that tip in and then use the leverage to, to crack the ribs along the spine and he would just if you poke it into the joint just right, you can actually snap most joints open. So you cut those tendons and the joints will come apart. And uh, same thing skinned it he would, he kept the small diamond sharpener to keep the, a sharp blade on it and he uh, caped, you know did the entire whatever they wanted because there's different types of ways of of processing meat based on how you want the hide and stuff like that. But he would quarter and skin and and everything completely Process an animal I really
1: wish time. I could have seen that process. To be honest with you, would have been neat. Uh, oh man,
0: I, I seen it once, maybe twice, uh, and it was pretty neat. He, he had it down to a science. Um, there's there are definitely good guides out there that still do it that way. And he was taught by one. Um, unfortunately, you know, there's some skills that are, you know, becoming more rare.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. Even in our industry, it's getting more and more rare for some of the older skills. But maybe that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Okay. We've definitely shot our hour. Um,
0: That was not a hard thing to do. And I think me and you could happily talk about axes and saws and machetes and knives uh, tell the cows come home.
1: Oh, man, this is a great... Anybody that ever goes camping with us, and Steve and Chris and a few other people can attest to it, you get us around a fire with a few adult beverages into us, this is a topic that we can literally go for hours and hours and hours, then take a break and come back and start fresh. <laughs> then take a break and go cut a bunch of stuff
0: up with our axes and saws and knives and come back and show each other what we were able to do quickly. <laughs> um, but, yeah... With with time and practice with all these tools, what you can make gets so much better. And and, uh, on my last trip, relatively quickly, and this is something, the last thing I want to say, and and you'll have to shut me up and shut us off, Robert, but a tool I want to start carrying is sandpaper. Because I whipped out a beautiful spoon in absolutely no time, but if I had a sandpaper, I could have finished that so much nicer. Say that again? I made a wooden spoon. Yeah. But if I had had some sandpaper, I could have finished that so much nicer. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'm thinking of adding a couple of sheets of sandpaper, a couple of grits into my kit, just so I can do some more fine work after I, I, I finish paraben. Because you can only do so much with a knife.
1: I'm trying to think what would work really good for that. Hmm. Sandpaper. Yeah, sandpaper, <laughs> but I find it whole other topic but yeah sandpaper ideally but i was trying to think of something that might be a little more rugged i do have a four in hand
0: which is a a type of rasp Mm -hmm. that has a fine and a coarse and a curved fine and coarse yeah so it's four files in one you just hold on it and you can do a lot of really cool work with that but again once you get to a certain point, it leaves a, a rougher edge than you'd like for fine work, and a little bit of sandpaper—five, six seconds with sandpaper—and you can, ru- you know, wear off those sharp edges and get rid of any any uh, flakes, and you can make a big difference. Uh, and
1: yeah. That's fair. What do you folks out there think? Do you guys have any ideas on that, or do you have any? Just smash my mic around. Do you guys have any, in, um, you know, comments, stories, something like that that you'd love to share with us about the topic tonight on knives and axes? Or sorry, saws and axes. You said that at the first and for some reason stuck in my head. But anyway, like always, if you guys have stories, comments, things like that, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, a lot of you have at up to this point and it's awesome we love talking to you as we get messages we answer questions we get some stories we've met some cool people over it so we really love that kind of stuff feel free to reach out to us you can get it down there on the atlanticbushcraft.ca website contacts are there the facebook page youtube all that good stuff i think that's all of that <laughs> i try to squeeze that in at the end of every episode yeah other than that was there anything else you want any final thoughts for the topic tonight ben tons but i'm gonna let them all go (laughs) you told me to reel you in that's why i threw that ending in there but all right folks we'll see us next week uh thanks for joining us tonight especially the the new faces there walt and i think there was one more but i could be wrong no i think it was just walt now that i get looking at it but uh thanks for joining us we'll see you next week same time night everybody